This podcast is presented by Pacific Office Automation, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at PacificOffice.com. Into the end zone for the touchdown. Hollywood Brown has been spectacular. Connor to the five and into the end zone for the touchdown. Welcome to Cardinals Underground, presented by Pacific Office Automation. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. Touchdown, Tyler Murray. That defender is in multiple pieces. Oh, that was nasty right there, right? The latest news and notes from the insiders who cover the team. Drilled by Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is balling. Bring it on, bring it on. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. I ain't scared of nobody. Here's Paul Calvisi. I used to be fond of saying that the easiest way to a million dollars was off the backs of pet owners no expenses ever spared for fido right i mean come on people lose their minds spending on their pet but if you want to make some serious cash like a billion it's weight loss and i'm thinking the new rage across the country when it comes to weight loss just take a couple of joint practices and a heat index of 114 and then call the doctor in the morning because zach pascal had it wait i wrote it down he estimated he lost 12 pounds by the end of that joint practice. He was gu- it was guesstimating, though, Paul. I guesstimating. Mean, it, was, it was guesstimating. Yeah. Now he's going to put that right back on. Like Josh Wood said, I've lost eight or nine pounds, which means I'm going to drink eight or nine waters and or Gatorades. And then by the time I'm done, I'll, I'll put the weight back on. But, you know, maybe, maybe there's should, something there. I should give it a shot. <laughs> it was. It was pretty, pretty now, warm at a Wednesday's joint practice. I wasn't naming names, Darren. I wasn't looking at you when I was talking about weight loss we all know where that that was going you weren't wow. looking at danny wow well he knows better yeah. than that <laughs> well, ron wolfley's in the room that's true thankfully he doesn't have he, a mic right now i so think we, he's eating a salad so too. We, we name drop him as he's eating a salad so maybe that might have been the inspiration there you go here on cardinals underground brought to you by pacific office automation yes we are fresh off a uh, joint practice number one cardinals and vikings do you enjoy your shower paul i was gonna say yeah you're welcome both of you for showering before this because yes in the power pole showers, uh, I think the last time I needed a shower that bad was probably high school, two-a-day football <laughs> practices. That was – I mean, it just shows you what an elite athlete is all about. Yeah. When I was almost heat exhausted just standing there working a cell phone, and these guys are playing full-speed, full-contact football. You were working very hard, though, capturing video on that cell phone, Paul. I wish Don't I had, sell yourself short. I wish I had more highlights from the offense, though. Yeah. We'll get into that in a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, I did enjoy watching the cameras. Speaking of the cameras, there's expert camera work, which you'll get on Cardinal's flight plan. There's really poor camera work, which you'll get off my Twitter account and my cell phone. See, I make, I make, I make everyone else appreciate the Emmy Award-winning effort that is Cardinal's flight plan. I really wasn't, bad cell I wasn't going to bring video. up the video of Buda Baker breaking up the play where you don't really see him breaking up the play, but, but you know, as long as you're bringing it the up. The sun is on my screen, and I can't even see what I'm shooting. I'm just guesstimating. It's brutal. And then I'm left with, do I tweet this out and incur the wrath of Darren Urban, or do I just sit on it? It's a tough deal. There, I Dan. mean, I, I will say this. The, the benefit of Twitter, when you're, when you're sitting there and you're watching a joint practice, you can't possibly see – everything that's going on at once clearly um, because there's your your one team's offense is going against the other team's defense and there's two different fields and and then today Larry Fitzgerald's out there so I ended up spending some time talking to him so you're not seeing everything so the benefit of Twitter I will say was I got to see a couple plays that I hadn't seen 
um, that were either, either tweeted out by a media member or even somebody, a, a fan from, you know, who was watching that had come out to watch the Vikings. So um, that was kind of nice. And there were a handful of plays that could catch your eye. But I, I, I think going back to what you're saying, Paul, um, and it was kind of underscored by what the players said afterwards, where um, I think ultimately they wish today the initial practice, the ones they practice that we're recording after would have gone a little bit better. Um, but that's why you're doing these things is, is, is to get better. And the one thing I did get out of this, and this kind of goes back to the heat and the humidity and doing all this, if they have today's practice and then they do that again Thursday, I'm, I'm really curious to know who actually plays Saturday because I don't know how much they're going to want to run out. I mean, even last week, Michael Wilson was saying these are, this is going to be the two, the only two times they've done high days back-to-back, and they're going to do that again tomorrow, and the, and the heat's not going to be that much better. Do you, do you wind back some of these guys, some of these veterans uh, in the game? Well, the, the plan might already be before all this well, that's that true. a lot of those veteran starters who played more even in the second preseason game compared to the first, might, the plan all along might have been they're not going to touch the field for the final game. Well, a quote after the KC game, I asked Josh Woods post-game radio, what do you expect with the joint practices? What do you tell some of the rookies who haven't been through it? He said, well, there's going to be a game followed by another game followed by the game, meaning game-like intensity yeah. for each of the joint practices and then whoever's playing, obviously, four quarters against the Vikings on Saturday. To your point, Darren, are you saying that if the caliber of play doesn't pick up, the guys are more apt to play? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, is with the – I'm saying with the intensity of both days and you combine it with the, the weather you're playing in, you know, it, Danny may be right. It already may have been set in stone. But if it wasn't, you know, maybe that changes some things in terms of who you might want to put out there. Although, again – you're, you're trying to figure out who your roster is going to be. This team has to be cut down um, on the day we're going to record next underground next Tuesday. So, um, you know, that's one of those things where you, you got to see the guys you got to see in order to make those decisions. And as Jonathan Gannon keeps saying, that's an ongoing process. I'll give you two proclamations that I came to the conclusion of after today's practice. You ready for this? this what, what if we're not, Paul? Talking about the roster. I'm not even looking at you now, Darren, okay? I'm just going to proceed. Number okay. one, Yelda Froholt absolutely nailed down the starting center job today by not being here and how discombobulated the Cardinals' O-line looked at times. It's sort of like when Steve Nash won the first of his two MVPs for the Suns. Mm. He really clinched the MVP award. six-game losing streak. When he didn't show up, when he was injured for six games, and they looked like they were a 20-win team. Yes. So same deal with the elder Froholt. I don't know if that was what was wrong, but there were a lot of false starts. There were a lot of unaccounted for rushers coming up through the interior of the O-line. So, and the other thing I'll throw out there, Cole McCoy hasn't done anything to nail down the job between the Kansas City preseason game and the first joint practice. I'm not saying that the fifth-round rookie is going to start week one. I'm just saying that. Cole McCoy hasn't slammed the door shut. Danny, Danny, he's going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tout for tune. It's coming. That's, that's going to be his new. Is that the saying? No, that, the headline is going to be, will JG name that tune uh... his starter week one? 
That's where we're tracking. I apologize this. for even bringing this up. Sorry, I was, Danny. I was trying to get there eventually, but you know, Darren, of course, had to cut Step to the on chase. Your toes. Just, you know, he's impatient that way. No, it's it's interesting you bring up those points because that was just kind of what stood out to me as well when looking at the offense and and Wednesday's practice. And we should say Yelda Furholt wasn't at practice Wednesday because he and both left tackle DJ Humphreys welcomed children into the world, which is very two, two separate events. Right, two not separate. Together. Well, I don't know if this is the first child for, for a whole, but this is, I believe, number three for the Humphreys family. Okay. But very exciting. So that's why they weren't there. Gannon said that they will join the team later in the week. But with Colt McCoy, I agree. It's very interesting that it doesn't seem like he's doing anything to build that case, maybe more so than he did when training camp started. It just felt like some of the decisions were questionable at practice or they weren't good throws. Um, the receivers were dropping passes. It just – the offense just – it looked slow. And I don't know if that is weather-related of, like, it was so incredibly humid and if they just felt more tired practicing at that point outside. I don't really know. But looking at the Vikings' defense in comparison, the Cardinals' offense just looked flat. I I do also think that, like, Jonathan Gannon's had a couple chances to – wipe that out whether it's saying Colt's going to be my guy or Clayton Toon probably isn't going to be that guy and he's not saying those things so I I, I know what you're I know how you're looking because he's he's doing that with everybody right. it's like the question today once again from Cam Cox who are is there any any anybody in particular you're looking at in these practices or is it all 90 which you probably didn't need to ask that. oh it's all 90 Cam it's all 90 well I, I did try and get to the root of the whole quarterback thing in a roundabout way before the practice. I asked Jonathan Gannon, what would you like to see out of your rookie quarterback? What boxes are left to check? And his answer was, continue to play fast. That was the quote, end quote. And then Cam did follow up, is there any chance that the fifth-round rookie could start week one? And you're right, Darren, because the head coach said, we'll see. We're evaluating that every day. So – Look, has he named anyone necessarily? No. And An absolute starter? And that's kind of where Danny's rolling of the eyes came from because he's not, not – not that you're rolling of the eye, You're rolling the eyes at me. Let me make that clear. You're rolling the eyes at me because that's the deal is he doesn't – he's not going to say. In fact, what was it the other day when he was like, you'll know, you'll know when they're oh, out there. Oh, the media. It was uh, Kyler, Kyler Murray asked And Garrett about, Williams yeah. like, oh, you'll know when they're out there. Oh, okay. You know what, though? I, I do, even though clearly rolling my eyes, I <laughs> right? Like that, that is kind of expected, I feel like, at this point when we're not getting official injury reports and, yeah. and you have so many players. But truly, I do think that there is an actual quarterback battle happening. Like I, I really feel that there's a good chance this coaching staff, where we stand right now in this very moment, doesn't know who their starting quarterback for week one in Washington is going to be. I'm sure they're leaning towards one way, and you have pros and cons of both Colt McCoy or Clayton Toon. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the philosophies mesh of, you know, this isn't just a Jonathan Gannon decision, mm. right? You have yeah. to obviously incorporate Drew Pensing, your offensive coordinator, and talk to your quarterback's coach and Izzy Wolferk. There's, there's going to be a lot of people who have a hand in that decision. But because McCoy hasn't done anything to truly show that he is – so much further ahead than Clayton Toon. That's not not to say Clayton Toon is on McCoy's level, right? McCoy is, what, 14, 15 years of experience. I just think that we saw in the second preseason game the athleticism with Toon's footwork and being able to run and the power in his arm, given there's still 
things that need to be worked on with some of those high passes and the footwork that Toon mentioned post-game. But I wouldn't be surprised if Jonathan Gannon is being truthfully honest to say that they don't know who the starter is week one at this point. Well, look, there's what we can see, and then there's what Cole McCoy just brings in inherently, right? So what we can see is absolutely the athleticism. Ask Jonathan Gannon after the Kansas City game, hey, the O-line only gave up one sack, and that was the very end where David Blau held on to the ball forever. He said, yeah, but the rookie also had some great escapability, made the O-line look good, and, and sort of saved their bacon a few times. But then there's what we can't see in these sort of settings is that it, that is all the experience that Cole McCoy has. When Ron Rivera is de- dialing something up week one, and you're going against Montez Sweat and Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen and Chase Young. And so you're seeing all these looks that you can't possibly simulate in the preseason or a rookie. So with that in mind, um, you know, that's going to factor – Big, obviously, into the decision. Oh, and on top of it, let's say, yell the Froholtz, your starting center, and he's got a number of years in this league, well, obviously a lot more than rookie John Gaines, but yell the Froholt has only started four games at center. So are you good with a center with four games of experience with a rookie quarterback? I mean, that's – again, all this stuff has got to go into – the blender as it will, will and uh, figure out how that, that all susses out and, and what makes the most sense. And, and the question then becomes, are you, are you going to have a good enough sense of that come Sunday morning after the Vikings game? Because there are no more games. And there's only, I mean, next week's practices, I don't even know how many practices there are going to be. I think they, they automatically get all four days uh, of the week of the – well, three days of the Labor Day weekend. I think they're off Friday. So, like, you, you've only got, after this game, so much left of being able to make their choices. I would think that by the time you get to Saturday's game, you're going to have to know pretty good of who your team is going to be. And then you're waiting to see the cuts around the league. Uh, I mean, that's a whole different ball game as well that's going to play a role in all these decisions. Yeah. Here's what you do. You give Clayton Toon three quarters of the final preseason game, and then you follow our our next marketing mantra. You ready for this one, Danny? Let the rook cook. (laughs) Darren, be nice. I'm dead serious. You go into preseason game number three, you let the rook cook, and and then you see where it stands after that. First of all, why don't you tweet that and I'll retweet you? I, and and I understand that not these things don't have to necessarily be separate things. But on one hand, I agree with Paul. Like you gotta let Toon play as much as you can. But I also it feels so hard not to sit here and say Paul's just looking for something to be able to talk about during this game. On something Saturday. to rhyme. Something to rhyme. Yes, <laughs> that actually is right. something Paul needs. We, like I said, and I said this three months ago, I have no problem fanning the flames of a quarterback competition slash controversy in August. I have no problem That's doing true. that. That's true. You've been very consistent yes, about that. Yes, I've been very vocal about that. It gets us through training camp like you wouldn't believe. Now, all of a sudden, though, it might have actually come to fruition. It might be legit to some degree. Here's what we don't know. Let's get back to the joint practice. How did Clayton Toon grade out today? Because Brian Flores is known as a very aggressive defensive coordinator. What sort of looks was he getting in that joint practice? How did he react? Did he get the Cardinals into the right checks and calls? Did he go to the right spot with the football? We're going to find out in flight plan, I think, to a large degree, because Drew Petson was mic'd up. 
Nick Rowless was mic'd up, two former Vikings assistants who are now the Cardinals coordinators. So there they were back coaching against the team that they came up with. And both were calling their schemes. And I think we're going to find out what sort of mastery did the rookie quarterback have. Could it be sufficient enough to make a go of it in week one? Because what will the coaches tell you? And as of the Kansas City game, 90% of the playbook was in on either side of the ball. That was our understanding. Yet you're not going to use the entire playbook in a game. You're just going to take out one chapter, one section. So you don't have to be a master of all, just a master of that week's game plan, which is just a small percentage of what you've installed to that point. Is Clayton Toon capable of pulling that off? Uh, thankfully, I don't have to make those decisions because I don't think I don't think it's an easy decision for all the reasons we've already been talking about, and uh, I understand the the skepticism of people talking about putting a fifth round rookie out there. I mean, heck, you you're there. There is a very real possibility that the first overall pick is going to struggle uh, in Bryce Young when he's put out there. I mean, Kyler Murray struggled quite a bit in his rookie year and he he was the first overall pick so now you're talking about somebody who's a lot of teams passed on and and there were many quarterbacks that were taken in front of him and and is that going to work out and and again for me when we start talking about kyler or uh, not kyler murray uh clayton toon or colt mccoy it all comes back to it's all under that super huge umbrella of the big story of the season which is when does Kyler Murray come back? Because that maybe maybe that also plays a part into it. Is like if we think Kyler comes back X, then it makes more sense to go with Clayton Toon as opposed to Colt McCoy or vice versa. Guess who's starting for Washington week one? A fifth-round quarterback two years ago with one career start under his belt in Sam Howell. Just think about that for one minute. That's all. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, there's it's all also, about the storylines for you, Paul. There's and, and to your point, Darren, you're right, because I was half-joking with Drew Stan about this on the broadcast. Bryce Young has definitely looked like a rookie. C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, those are three of the top four picks in the draft. As Drew said, the only surefire rookie quarterback we've seen so far in the NFL is late fourth round out of Purdue, Aiden O'Connell, who had that great <laughs> one-half for the Raiders, and everyone put him in the Hall of Fame already, okay? So that was sort of an eye roll, some good snark from uh, Drew Stan. But look – there's another player I'm going to get to a little bit later who I think should play three quarters of this game on Saturday. Probably won't. We'll throw it out there. We'll get your reaction. But just in terms of what you saw out there today for the joint practice, any other takeaways? What else did you write down, Danny? What else did you tweet about? What else stood out to you, Cardinals and Vikings? Uh, Michael Wilson still looked good in one-on-ones, being able to create space and make some of those contested catches. Um Offense-wise, that that was probably one of the brighter spots. From, I, from looking, it just kind of felt like the Vikings' defense was down their throat a lot. But on defense, looked like they were holding their own a little more. Um, Keytrell Clark was going up against Justin Jefferson a lot. Um, Some hits and misses there, right? both sides. There was a one-on-one that Clark ended up getting the best of Jefferson, which is good. Um, Buda Baker had a nice pass breakup in the red zone. So... Good, good to take away. I thought that the defense overall, from what I was seeing, moving from field to field, looked better than the offense as a whole. Um, yeah, I mean, Keytrell Clark getting reps against Justin Jefferson, one of the best in the biz, and then also Jordan Addison, a first-round receiver out of USC. That's invaluable. 
to me right there, that's worth the price of admission alone when you come out to a joint practice. So I thought that was big. I thought, in turn, those young DBs going against Kirk Cousins, talking to Buda Baker about that. You know, he was making checks and calls and audibling during the team session. Based on where Buda was, Kirk Cousins was reacting accordingly. So I thought, I thought that was big, no question about it. As far as Michael Wilson goes, the fact he hasn't played a whole bunch in the preseason, I think tells us everything we need to know. They already trust him. Yeah. They've already seen enough. Yeah, that was, that. I feel like that was kind of trending the whole way. I mean, it's funny you bring up Keytrell Clark because I also feel, and I know Marco Wilson is hurt right now, so automatically Keytrell Clark was probably going to get more reps higher up the depth chart. But, you know, I, I saw a couple of two straight 11-on-11 reps where Justin Jefferson easily got the best of Keytrell Clark, and that's going to happen. But he did get him in that one one-on-one. Don't know if I would have done the gritty on Justin Jefferson after a pass breakup, just because I did not see that. Yeah, did he really? Yeah, it's and it's the reason I know it because it's on video by many people. Cam Cox had it, but there was also uh, a, a guy in the stands who recorded it. So that that was uh, that was interesting. Um, but he also made an, an, another play later on, uh, and I forget who the receiver was, but I, I think he's going to have a chance. I really believe he's going to have a chance to start uh, when all is said and done, or at least get significant playing time. Um, I thought Greg Dortch made a couple of plays out there today, which he continues to do, and how they sort out the wide receiver core is going to be fascinating to me uh, in terms of who gets playing time and when, like you've already said, Michael Wilson – you know, where does that leave some other people? I mean, if you have Michael Wilson and let's say you do decide to let Greg Dortch do some things and we'll see what happens. I mean, you still have Rondale Moore. You still have Hollywood Brown. You still have Zach Pascal. Like where, where do the other people fit? Well, how many receivers are you even keeping? Six tops. Six tops, but I keep wondering. But see, if you're keeping four tight ends, that's that's the argument. That's, that's the thing is, is if you're if you want to use tight ends, two tight ends a lot, and you're gonna have tight ends on the roster. Then usually you're you're only with five receivers. But I don't I don't I don't know. It'll it'll depend on and who's that sixth guy and and how much special teams. I mean, that's the one good thing about Zach Pascal is he's really good on special teams. So that's a guy who could give you stuff offensively, but also you can trust on special teams in a number of ways, and I think that's going to be very important in, the, in terms of their roster makeup. What else did I miss? Man, because you're right. You can only see so much in these joint practices. Ugh. I thought I had a game plan. I was out between the two main fields in the end zone. I was standing right between, so I was literally going from one team you know, drill to Is the next. Is that why you ignored Fitz, because you had too much other stuff to do? I got word Fitz was over there. Larry can wait. Okay, maybe tomorrow. Larry, come on out for the second joint practice. All right? I'm sure, I'm sure Larry was like, geez, where's Paul? Uh, no, not exactly. <laughs> you don't know that. Just, just he had some very kind things me. to say as far as you know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what's his name again? My sideline reporter for 14 years. What uh, pencil neck what? What's his name? That's, that's, what, that's the response I got out of Larry. Can we hold him accountable for the heat, by the way? What is going on? He what actually was his apologized. explanation about that? He actually apologized that it was so warm now that we came up here. I was gonna. If, if I'm him, I'm a little disappointed. I come up here for the summer to get out of the heat, yes. and then you walk I'm right back sure into it. I'm pretty sure this is the hottest day of the year so far where we are. Is that correct? If it gets I above, I had it, seen I, that. I'm if being. It, I'm, we're getting a head shake from Tim Delaney. If it gets above 98 <laughs> degrees, he doesn't look happy about it. Either, if it, that's if the it gets case. above 98 degrees, it will be the hottest day of the year because I saw a graphic yesterday that the coldest day of the year was in February 113. 
and it was 98 the day the Cardinals arrived. So that's a temperature swing. Wait, wait, 111 wait, wait. degrees. It was 113 on the coldest day? It was 13 below. <laughs> what oh, did I 13. say? You said 113. <laughs> no wonder Danny looked at me. That's okay. 13 Tim looked below at you on, the, on the coldest day <laughs> as I get ahead of myself on that one. So, uh, yeah. We're all dying if 113 is the coldest. <laughs> By the way, Josh Wood said, because I wrote it down, I'll take the 110 in Arizona any day over – yeah, yeah, it's pretty humid. There's dry you know, heat and there's a swampy heat. I just think it's fun to just kind of see the different energy of a joint practice and not just going up against, you know, Cardinals and Cardinals. And it's even more fun when players are walking out practice or when you're having those seven-on-seven, seven, those one-on-one -on -one drills, getting to see your offense, your receivers go up against their former teammates and linebacker Jordan Hicks and cornerback Byron Murphy, who are both now with the Vikings. And, and I know that after practice, Murphy, I had asked him, you know, who of the Cardinals receivers were biggest trash talkers to you. And he said Rondell Moore got a little chippy in a good way, and he said Hollywood Brown too. Well, we know how much you trash talk with Rondell, so that doesn't surprise me that I he's know. still mixing it up. Well, but what about the coordinators going against – for example, a Nick Rallis going against Kevin O'Connell, right? That's intriguing to me as well because they seemingly had most everything at their disposal. Now, were they tackling to the ground? No. And you heard a million times all the coaches screaming, stay up, stay up, stay off the ground. Didn't stop Isaiah Simmons from drilling a couple of guys to the turf. He went out there with a bit of an edge. Anybody else? Show of hands. Anybody else happen to notice Isaiah Simmons? Because he was making people take notice that he was knocking bodies around the field? Well, I think just after the last performance against the Chiefs, I – would expect that that's what you want to see is come out and, and make a splash in practice I mean I, I'll give you this prediction for day two if there's going to be a fight it'll be started by either Isaiah Simmons finishing some of those hits and tackles and not keeping guys up or maybe a Marquise Hayes who got I close say, what about like a Will Hernandez Will Hernandez maybe well, we'll see I mean given given the weather and everything and I could see nerves being frayed by the time we get to middle of the practice on Thursday. We'll see. Yeah. We'll Keep look. an eye on our sideline, too. I don't know if I stand next to Darren too long in the heat. <laughs> Thing is, that Vikings offense was so prolific a year ago. It was their defense that was a complete liability. That's why they fired the defensive coordinator that brought in Brian Flores. They were bottom three in both scoring defense and total yards allowed. But that Vikings offense is really good and it got better in the offseason. So I think that was a really good test for the Cardinals' defense. Just the scheme itself. You're in a brand-new scheme. Buddha talked about that. I, I, I love the fact that they're going up against the Vikings in a number of ways. I, I actually I think it's really good, and a couple of guys mentioned this, that they are doing it in this weather. Um, you know, I'll be curious to know, like, we've only got a couple, three weeks, and I don't I haven't looked close enough, but, I mean – it's very possible you could have a hot and humid day in Washington that yep. opening weekend. So I like the fact that they're going through some of this stuff. And I like the fact that there's two of these practices. I know a couple of the players were not thrilled with maybe how some of this, how it played out on the first day. So I like the fact that they're going to get a second chance to do this. Honestly, I think Josh Woods was talking to the team as a former team captain of the Lions when he told us afterwards he told the media, and I quote, we let the weather dictate how we were attacking our work. He said, we're going to see the film tonight and see how our effort can be better maximized, was his quote. 
And you know how guys talk through the media. Yeah. I think that was Josh Woods, honestly, sending a message to the rest of his teammates, especially the younger guys, saying, you know what, it can be better. Let's see if you can make it better day I two mean, because the heat's going to be back. Buddha said that the the effort was iffy. He didn't use iffy. He made a sound, which I can't really repeat here. But He it, did use the F word fatigue. Yeah, he did. He did I use mean, that. I mean, again – you come in here, it's a long plane flight, you get into this the weather. I mean, that doesn't excuse it, but it's I, you'd rather do it in a practice than a game, I suppose. And to your point, Aaron, you did three full practices in the Arizona heat, followed by two joint practices in the heat and humidity, record heat and humidity for Minnesota. You are regular season ready when it comes to the conditions. For a team that primarily in recent past has trained only at State Farm Stadium in the climate control, this team is going to be ready for Washington and then hopefully have the mental fortitude for whatever else you're going to get in terms of weather because guess what? You have three potential cold-weather games in December and January alone, why, right? Why, why are you saying potential? Funny how because I'm – Potential cold-weather He's already games. worried about it. Paul. I'm hoping for the best, Danny. Okay, I'm hoping for – as the sideline reporter. in Philly and Chicago and Pittsburgh. I live two years in Chicago. There could be a rogue 60-degree day in December. Believe me, a it rogue. happens. Oh, let's start manifesting, it can or, or, Or it could be really cold and windy and rainy like the last time we were there. Yes, it could. Thank you, Darren. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Thereby illustrating glass half full, <laughs> glass half empty right over there. Look, I, I've never – Danny splits the sure difference. Sure words have I've, never been spoken I've never, I've never said I was anything but glass half empty. <laughs> there's, um, there's another word that's been used recently, uncomfortable. Yeah, I noticed that. Keontae Ingram brought that up when asked about, okay, where do you think you stand as RB2 after you had a heck – of a performance against Kansas City, and he paused. He said, uncomfortable. Guys don't know. Zach Paschal said, you know what, that's a good thing. Guys being uncomfortable. Guys coming in and realizing, you know what, you can count the made men, the absolutes on this roster on two hands. Beyond that, where exactly do I fit? Do the new decision makers consider me the future? Which in some cases could be good if it's between you and a veteran and you're the young guy, and you have upside, guess what? I think the future is now. Your time to play will be now. But if you're a bit of an older guy who can be counted on for that experience, and you had relied upon the, shall we say, the equity in the relationship with the previous coaching staff, that no longer exists. Sounds like it, it fits pretty well with what we hear about the culture that Jonathan Gannon is really trying to implement of team over me. Right, not wanting to have those egos of making people earn their starting roles, even if you were here with the previous coaching staff, even if you were a starter with the previous coaching staff, making making these players earn their spot on this roster, earn a starting role. I think Antonio Hamilton is a great example of that. This time last year, before he had the uh, the burn incident with his feet that kept him out a couple of games. I mean, in training camp, he was he was one of your starting cornerbacks. And now he's getting third team reps at the highest. And that's just now with the different players you have, with the different coaches and philosophy and what they want to see. I mean, it, it makes sense to me that there is such true competition that the players would feel uncomfortable because I think that's what this coaching staff really wants. I don't think they want anybody feeling comfortable right now. I keep thinking to myself if one of us tweeted out that quote, would not that JG is on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it these days, but... 
if he saw something like that, he'd want to print out and put on his wall. If he's had, if he has players talking about how uncomfortable it is right now, I, I, I don't think as a coach you would want anything. I, I don't. I, I think that's that's as good as it gets right there, right? At least leading up to the final fifty-three. Yeah. Right? But even even Zach Pascal, when uh, you brought it up today, he said we're going to be uncomfortable all season and we're going to have uncomfortable situations. And look, there's a very real possibility that there are going to be a lot of uncomfortable situations for this team this year as they go through some growing pains and they try and reset the roster. So you, guys better be ready for that and better be able to embrace all that because I, I think – I don't think it's been announced, but I, I, I think that is a, a, a foundational tenet of what Monty Asimfort and J.G., Jonathan Gannon, want to do around here. Well, if you're the back well, end. Well, not of, around here. I guess we're in Minnesota right now. But. The back end of the 53, there's no question they're going to churn the back end of this roster the entire length of the season. They're going to have weekly tryouts with guys released from other teams, and if – there's any prospect of bringing in someone who's more talented than someone else at the back end of the depth chart yeah i think there will be blood i would i would argue though the difference because i i do feel like the cardinals have done that over the past few years to varying degrees depending on the year but i feel like that bar when you say the back end i think that bar is a lot higher on the roster a lot there's a lot more numbers that include that. I mean, this team is going to have the third waiver claim through the fourth game of the regular season, which means anybody getting cut not only in final cuts, but period for those that first month might be out there. That stuff could happen. And, and beyond all that, think of how many guys on this team that could potentially could make this team that are going to be free agents after the season anyways. So you're, you, you might buy yourself time right now, but you're still going to have to be in a place where you've really convinced them by the end of the season that it's worth going forward because of all the draft picks that they've compiled and the, clearly the free agents that eventually they're going to want to sign in certain areas. Like, You might just be buying yourself a year at this point because of where this team might be going. I mean, we debate who's the third running back. If it's James Conner, Keontae Ingram in that order, that third running back might come via waiver claim by the end of the month. So from another think, team. But you're already locking in Ingram. I'm locking in Ingram based on what I saw. No question. Had they seen a lot in camp leading up to that game? No. So I think he's a bit of an unknown to a lot of the coaches. But the holdover coaches saw enough, I think, last year combined with what you saw in that game. That, that's a classic case of you come out and, and look, you, you needed to take advantage of that moment. You can work the entire offseason. Yeah, the whole two weeks, first two weeks of camp, Kent Ingram was nicked up, whatever it was, and then that was his chance. If he hadn't excelled in that moment, I think, yeah, his future would probably be elsewhere. But he did. He seized that moment. And that touchdown run, third and goal from the five. That was impressive. Broke multiple tackles. You know, he broke arm tackles all night. And we've seen him catch the ball very well. He's big enough to be reliable in pass protection. So right now I think he's RB2. As for the third running back, there's a distinct possibility that's coming from another team. I don't think that's wrong. I mean, this team had signed Marla Mack when you had still Keontae Ingram, James Conner, Amari DiMercato, yep. Corey Clement. So that's the only thing that's changed is now Mack is done for the year with that Achilles injury that, you know, he unfortunately suffered, what, four days after being signed. So I, I, I do think that's a real possibility is you bring in 
an outside running back because that, the running back you brought in is not going to be able to contribute the way you had planned on him being able to. Swing tackle. Josh Jones against Kelvin Beecham. That's really interesting to me, that, that competition battle. Um, so today, from what I saw, again, moving field to field, unless you guys saw differently, since Humphreys was not out at practice Wednesday, it looked like Kelvin Beecham was getting a lot of those reps at left tackle with the ones. Which is interesting because when DJ Humphreys came out of the second preseason game, which was the first he played, it was Josh Jones who went in at left tackle. So again, another position where I truly believe when when Gannon says there is a competition going on, it really does seem like there is a competition going on. Is there a chance that both Beecham and Jones are on this roster week one? I think it's a possibility. I am equally as convinced that that's not the case that you find hopefully a trade partner and somebody who needs a tackle and, and maybe they're interested in one of those two. But I'm not sure. Maybe, again, with these cuts, maybe with all the coaches that are now here on the staff that weren't here last year, maybe there's somebody else they have their eye on. That whole 2020 draft class, we pointed to it back in June and look at it again. Isaiah Simmons, Josh Jones. Now, Lucky Fotu's been running first team. Rashard Lawrence, who I thought flashed, in, 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 especially in the O-line, D-line drills. That's where I was focused in the first joint practice. That's why I missed some of the one-on-ones with the receivers and DBs. I was looking at the O-line, D-line, and Rashard Lawrence made a couple of Vikings offensive linemen look really bad. And so I think that's key for him. I don't know how he graded out in the two preseason games, but I think his future obviously is in doubt leading up to the final 53. And then the back end of the safety room, beyond Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker, where exactly are the Cardinals? And what if, what if some someone is there on the waiver wire at the end of the final 53 cuts around the league? And it's been then the cornerback room, depending on where Marco Wilson is. So I think, and if there's one area that Jonathan Gannon knows exactly what he wants, it's in the defensive backfield. That's that's a so. <laughs> An interesting thought if we don't know what Marco Wilson is dealing with. We know that he left the game as did Dennis Gardak, and they both came back on the sideline that week two preseason game against the Chiefs, but neither of them practiced on Wednesday's joint practice. So the thought of not having Marco Wilson week one and having to start with what it would seem like Christian Matthew and Keetra Clark would be an, an interesting one. Did you know that Terry McLaurin might not play, though, because of turf toe? So they've got that going for him. I did see that. Yes, I did. I did see that in the preseason game, yeah. Why would Terry McLaurin be playing the entire first half of that preseason because game? Because the commanders said they didn't care about breaking That's the true. streak, but they did care about breaking the streak. Yes, they did. Ding the dong. Baltimore winning streak. It's done. 24 <laughs> preseason games in a row going back to 2015. And John Harbaugh was a little salty about that. You know, I heard him talking about that, and he, he was like, you say it, it doesn't mean anything. And I'm like, nobody ever said preseason doesn't mean anything. We said the wins and losses don't mean anything. Right. And there's a difference. Yes, yes, there is. All right, well, uh, I think this comes all the way full circle to the following question. There are two sorts of people in this world, those who have had a full body cramp <laughs> and those who have not. 
really glad that I'm on the not uh, side. Me too. Zach Pascal said uh, when asked uh, afterwards, he said, oh, no, no, I've had one before. He said, I'm on the verge of yet another one at this moment. Not quite yet, but I have had a full body cramp before and had to go to the ER. You think part of that was he just didn't want to talk to the media that long <laughs> in the heat, still in his pads, Paul? Maybe. Maybe. I, I don't know. Trying to make us feel bad. What, what would that be like, by the I way? I, I, you know, it knock on wood. I don't want to envision. Yeah, I don't want to actually speak that into existence. So, uh, you, you've always got tomorrow watching practice in the heat. It's true. Just wear that visor again. Yeah, I got a few Ted Lasso comments, as you know. Danny wasn't 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 I have real no cool problem with Ted between Lasso. the visor, the visor, and the uh, and the mustache. It's a good look. Yeah, no, it's not. It, the, <laughs> the mustache is going to be cut, and it will not be claimed uh, via waivers. Put it that way. That, there's just no chance that is happening. All right, any wait, final? wait, you're not keeping the mustache through the no, season? No, 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 not for the regular season, no. I think you should no. keep the mustache as long as the Cardinals win. you got to at the least first keep time it through no-shave November. It's, uh, it's not winning behavior, to use a <laughs> There's no added value to your mustache? <laughs> That's right. The mustache's not bringing value to anything. You're absolutely right on that front. In fact, uh, you know, see, that's Darren right there. That's ending on a glass half-empty point, the mustache. So, Dar- so, Danny, do you have anything that would be glass half full, anything positive you'd like to end on? I like the mustache and the visor look, Paul. I really did. Yeah. I don't think he's buying it. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll use the mustache to detract from the frizzy hair from the humidity as I rock the David Letterman look from 1985. Google what, that up. What, what should we do in our free time out here? Mall of America? If anyone's listening and you have good recommendations, I've never been out there. No, I, w- I was thinking about going out there. When, when's our free time exactly? Well, there's no practice Friday. I know we're not going to have all Friday off. I was going to say, maybe right like in the middle of the day. When we, maybe. It's, it's funny how you have the same mentality here that you do in Arizona in August. Okay, what can we do that's air-conditioned? That's, that's really Well, going qualifier. to the biggest mall in America, that's I would right. think would be a good answer. You'll get your steps in. I may Go do that. Go ride a roller coaster? I might do that. Bus over to the new hotel and then... Uber to the mall? Just bring Dave Pash with you, okay? He'll have the unlimited funds to go ahead and sustain that shopping spree. That'll do it for this edition. I wish I had something more positive to say, Darren. Or or interesting. The Friday day <laughs> off. The Friday day off was – I tried to end on the full body cramp. You did. I Sorry. tried. Although that's, not, that's, that's pretty glass half empty. <laughs> Just do Let's s- talk about cramping up completely – Oh, I know what it was. The other guy. I don't want to leave. Okay. Oh, that's right. You left everybody. The other player you. that should play three quarters. Are you going to say Isaiah Simmons? Yep. Wow, I know you so well, Paul. Do you, you agree think, or wait, disagree? Wait, three quarters. Is agree that or disagree. He three should play quarters? a lot in this final preseason game. I agree, but I don't think he will. Yeah, I think I'm on that same sentiment. Okay. That'll do it for this edition of Cardinals <laughs> Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation as I defer the last word to Danny and Darren.